Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. And we say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for your mercy, for your grace upon our lives. We thank you, Father, for all the good things that you have given us. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace upon our lives. And through this season of Lent, Lord, let us rend our hearts and not just our clothes. Let it be within our being, our existence, our very nature that goes into that repentance, fasting and abstinence mode, Lord. So that all the things that we love to do, like Paul said, he, find, he found himself not doing those things. Let there be that renewal in our hearts as well, Father. That everything that we enjoyed in the flesh that was not of you, let that be brought to the light of day, your light. And let us willfully reject it through your knowledge, through your wisdom, through the opening of our hearts and our understanding that you provide, through your will, through your ways, through your word, so that your ways that are much higher are than our ways, Lord, we conform to those, not out of fear of punishment, but out of love and out of understanding, knowing that it is bringing us closer to you. We thank you, Father. We thank you that you called us to be with you this morning at the start of this day, that we can commune with you, that we can lay all our cards bare, surrender and submit it all to you in humility, knowing that when you pour your wisdom into our hearts, when you direct our paths, then every crooked path is made straight. Every uneven surface is flattened. Every bronze gate is broken. Every iron bar that stands in our way, blocking us out of our destiny is cut down. You hold our hand, you lead us, Lord, onto that journey ahead. That which is within your light, that which is within your plan, the plan that you have for us to prosper us, to give us an expected end. We thank you, Father, that you pour your peace and your joy into our hearts as we enter your gates with gratitude, with thanksgiving in our hearts and with praise we enter your courts. We share that same peace and that same joy, Lord, with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and praying family. We share it with Christians everywhere that do not know you, all those that do not want to know you. And we share it, Lord, with all those that we are lifting up in prayer this day. That your mercy touch their lives. That you heal their land. We ask for that quickening, Father. That they are brought into your kingdom. And as we make our prayer, we call on your name. The name of our Father, our Maker, the Great I Am, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the Ancient of Days, the God of Peace, the God of Patience, the God who has destroyed our enemy, tall as cedars and strong as oaks. And yet you destroyed their fruit from above and their root from beneath. This is what your word tells us in 2 Amos. Verse 9, we thank you, Father, that you have loved us with that everlasting, jealous love, the love that a bridegroom has for his bride. 
But Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will always be with you even unto the end of time. And we pray in the name of Jesus, the Son, our rock, our refuge, our fortress, the Lord who heals the way, the truth, and the life, our sheep gate, the straight gate through which we enter into your kingdom, Lord, the one who is our daily bread. And we pray in the name of his spirit, the spirit of the living God that moved at his spoken word and brought creation into existence. And he moves over every wide circumstance on our life as well that is spoken over. When we follow the same pattern that God used in Genesis 1, we pray in the name of that spirit of truth and light and life, the spirit of Jesus who powered his ministry's miracles, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and now gives life to our mortal body that we are raised from being dead in the flesh to sin to now being raised up to life in the spirit in the kingdom. And he has tabernacled himself within us that we now become his temple. Temples of the living God, the seat of his throne, the seat of his power, the seat of his mercy, the seat of his love, all sits within us. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy, for your grace, for your love, Lord. We thank you that you have blessed us with your word and your spirit. We thank you for the gift of prayer, for angels, for destiny help us. We thank you for every spiritual gift in the heavenly that are needed to fulfill our ministry. And for every physical provision, in accordance with your riches, not in accordance with what we rightly deserve. We thank you, Lord, that you take care of all our needs and you know them even before we ask. So you bid us seek your kingdom, to seek your ways, and all these things automatically fall in place. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And as we make our prayer and our reflection this morning, cover and seal every word as we speak, every prayer we make, and every person that is part of our prayer meeting, every member of every family that is part of this prayer group, and all those that we are raising up in prayer by the precious blood of Jesus. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your holy, pure and perfect will for these lives, Lord. We call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us, to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, any kind of natural disasters and spiritual attacks. I declare divine exemption by the blood of Jesus and I command that angelic protection in the mighty unmatched, all-powerful name of the King of Kings, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We also herald the power in our spoken word. We herald that power over every word that we will speak during this day. Let it be backed by your wisdom, Father. So that as your word in Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11 says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out of my mouth this day. 
and I declare that it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And I send it in faith in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for that power of life on our tongue. Thank you, Jesus. Today, I'd like to reflect on the question of what does Lent and the ashes that we put on Ash Wednesday, what does that really mean to you? What are you thinking of when that ashes are put on your forehead? Or do we just let the priest do what he needs to do and go away? Biblically, we see it first mentioned the words, Thus thou art, and to thus thou shalt return. First mentioned in Genesis 3.19. And that was not a good time. Unfortunately, it was a time when Adam and Eve had sinned and God pronounced a judgment from them whereby they were thrown out of the Garden of Eden. Or should we say thrown out of that kingdom. But since then, it has been our journey to go back into that kingdom. And he said in Genesis 3.19, By the sweat of your face you will eat bread. You have to work hard for it until you return to the ground for from it you were taken. For you are dust and to dust you shall return. And yet so many of us, <clears throat> almost all of us I would say actually, me included, think so much about I am self-made. This is what I have. This is what I have done. These are my plans. These are my ambitions. And Jesus taught a parable on that as well, where he taught the parable of the rich man who said, I will break down my barns and build bigger ones because I have a bumper crop this year. And yet the Lord said to him that night, you fool, this night your soul is being taken. For from the ground you were taken, you are dust and to dust you shall return. Asking us to reconsider how we see ourselves. And then the first thing that comes there is the ashes that are put on our forehead on Ash Wednesday. That's the first thing it reminds us of. That you came out of the dust. And to dust you shall return. That sin in our nature and an impending judgment just like Adam. So it is a call to repentance. That is why it is taken from that context. When Adam was judged there, it was a call to him to repent. And until we are brought back into the kingdom, we start our journey from there. Where if you look at our own lives today, we still eat by the sweat of our face. We still have to toil hard for it. But as when Adam was in the kingdom, in the Garden of Eden, he did not have to toil. Repentance. And you see that call, <clears throat> sorry, you see that call coming multiple times in the Bible. And there were multiple occasions where the Israelites put ash on their foreheads. 
the one that stands out is when Jonah went to Nineveh and the whole country, including their animals, the fast was pronounced. The people put on sackcloth and ashes and fasted and prayed, repented. And God heard them. And the impending destruction that was to come on them, where they were given 40 days, God changed his heart. Are we sitting on an impending destruction on our lives as well? Where we somewhat have an idea of it in some cases. Or in other cases, maybe not. Are we taking things for granted? Or are we going to open our hearts this Lent? To look at what should we turn away from? What do we need to repent for? So what does the putting of ashes really signify then? The first thing is our mortal nature and the original sin that we must get rid of. And when I say original sin, it is not that sin that Adam and Eve committed. It is the sin nature within us. It is that sin nature that we need to get rid of. Strive to move to his light, to operate from and walk with him in the spirit. Not walking in the flesh Fulfilling the lusts and the desires of the flesh. That mortal nature. Number two, humbling ourselves. <clears throat> Putting ash on our heads is like lowering ourselves to the ground. Emptying out our pride that we just spoke about. And to submit to God so that he can fill us with his presence. As long as we are full of ourselves... There is no place for him. And as long as he is not within you, he is left outside of you. Now look at that statement in Psalm 23 that says, You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. If that anointing is not poured on you, what happens to your cup? There's nothing landing in that cup. And we wonder, why am I suffering, Lord? The third one is repentance, just as seen in the Bible. And the Lord keeps saying where he has kept saying there throughout, he keeps saying to us as well, repent and turn back to me. And it is this time of the year that the story of the prodigal son really becomes important. Come back to me. In another place, he says, come back to me with all your heart. Don't let that fear or doubt of punishment keep you apart. It's a hymn that we sing as well. But that is what he really wants. That is what his call really is for us. The fourth one, ashes represents dying to ourselves. So that what is left of a body of sin is now burnt and only ashes left. It becomes a distant memory and not even a memory when we want to leave it behind. When all the old must pass away and everything must be made new. And then back to dust and ash means God can remold. When you are back to that, he said, I took you from the ground and formed you. 
when we are back to that source, that state, when we have emptied ourselves of everything that we have filled within us to raise us above the ground, he says, go back there and then, like clay, as a potter, he can remold. How will he remold into that image and likeness? And we see that through the baptism of the Spirit. His image and his likeness that his Spirit works on. The remolding. For that, we must first turn to ashes. Die to ourselves. That's what Galatians 2.20 is about. This process. It is no longer I, but my Christ who lives in me because I have died with him. I have, cruci I have been crucified with him. And then the fifth one I'll also touch on is abstinence is not directly about ashes. But abstinence is not denying ourselves the good things just for 40 days so that after 40 days we can take them up again. Do not make that mistake. Something in you must change. Your life must change. If that abstinence for 40 days did not bring transformation in us, did not make us a better person after this 40-day period was over and we just leave all that we were doing during those 40 days and go back to living the old life in the flesh, then that abstinence was a waste. It is a waste of an exercise. You only denied yourself from food, from drink or from whatever things you would otherwise normally do and enjoy. It was only a fleshly act. Nothing changed in the spirit. That kind of abstinence is a waste of an exercise. So what then is abstinence about? It is about disciplining our lives and our habits. So that the old habits cannot take over our senses and our normal functioning anymore. There is a new normal now after this 40 days. And that new normal has made you better in the spirit and closer to God. Look for that kind of an abstinence. Plan for it, work towards it. Ask for the grace to hold on and to overcome our weakness in the area that you want to overcome. It's actually a good time to look at, Lord, where are the areas in my life that I'm really weak and vulnerable to sin? Let me start there this time. Commit it to you at the start. Now remember Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. You commit it to him at the start and say, Lord, I receive grace to overcome this weak area in my life. With your help, I shall do it. The good thing here is that with discipline, abstinence and fasting in particular helps silence the noise of the body. All the messages that the body gives us, the flesh gives us. It helps silence them. And in that silence, you start receiving spiritual signals very clearly in your spirit then. Because there is no other noise, chaos, or disturbance to muffle or to be a little minimize the voice in the spirit. In other words, your spiritual senses are sharpened. They are more heightened. And now you would pick up every soft whisper that the Holy Spirit says as well. That's what it should be doing to you. So what does Lent mean to you? The question is, what changes will you make to your life this Lent? 
Are you going to prepare for Easter this year knowing that it is not about the festivity, but a change in our life over the next 40 days? So that when Jesus rises at his resurrection, we rise too. You reach to the other end, the other side of Galatians 2.20. If I have been crucified with him and he rises, I must rise too. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that each of us are edified in our spirit with that kind of understanding, Lord, and your revelation to each of us as you speak to our own circumstances specifically. Identifying what you want us to do this season of Lent so that when we align ourselves to your will there and we do what you want us to do, then we shall make our way prosperous and then we shall make our lives successful in the spirit. And as we prosper in the spirit, we prosper also in health and be well in our physical circumstances. This is what your word in 3 John 1 2 says. We thank you, Father, for that edification in our spirit today. As we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of sickness and disease that are hospitalized, will undergo any kind of procedures today. For all families that are embattled, that are facing any kind of division or separation. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives, especially that of busyness, prayerlessness, ignorance of your ways and poverty. And we pray, Lord, also for our own personal needs, those of our families and our friends. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. As we release our faith and our prayer, making this our prayer of agreement with each other in the spirit, we believe, Lord, that that prayer of agreement is an answered prayer because it is the promise of Jesus in Matthew 18, 19 that the Father will do what we ask in his name when we agree as touching upon a prayer in common. I encourage all those that can pray in the spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift, release your tongue and your faith. Ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us now make our prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Pratokeya, Madala Parishan, 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 Madala Par
Sarakana, <laughs> <laughs> 
Scripture that was put in my heart this morning is from Colossians 3, verse 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> we also have a scripture that has been shared in the chat. This is from Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 31 and 32. Taken from the Good News translation, where it is written, Give up all the evil you have been doing and get yourselves new minds and hearts. New minds and hearts. Why do you Israelites want to die? I do not want anyone to die, says the Sovereign Lord. Turn away from your sins and live. The second scripture is from Romans 6, verse 11 and 12. Quoted from the Amplified Bible, where it is written, Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin and your relationship to it broken, but alive to God in unbroken fellowship with him 
in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts and passions. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You are being blessed by these morning encounters, Brother Savio's powerful reflections. He shared a good one last night on Ash Wednesday as well from the book of Joel. Worth reading that and reflecting on. If you're being blessed by these daily reflections that he posts on all our social media platforms, also by the daily Divine Mercy and Rosary prayer sessions, which are very popular, by the way. On YouTube, they are getting close to 100 views every single day. And if you are being blessed by the Friday Bible teachings as well, please share those links for family and friends to join. If they can't attend in person, you can point them to the recordings that are stored on YouTube, on Facebook, as well as on our Spotify podcast page. Also, a reminder about our Bible study session on Friday. This is a continuation in our series, the third part on God's systems of advantage, where we've been looking at covenants and we will learn how God actually set us up at an advantage over all else on earth. What are the covenants that he has given us? The major ones that are seen in the Bible that stand out and then his kingdom principles designed to provide that edge in any situation. We shall share links for people to join on Facebook and on YouTube today. Please share those with family and friends and invite them. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you, Russell. God bless Thank you. Thank you, Russell. God bless everybody. God bless everyone. Have a blessed day.